Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comet Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. We are celebrating. We are celebrating spiking the football, as uh, the, the Bad Idea team just said. And, and we're celebrating that during the 12 days of the Comet Source here. So it's great to have the Bad Idea crew here to, to talk about the, the company that was, the little engine that could. So uh, as we kick it off here, uh, we're going to start with Dinesh, and we'll go kind of go around uh, counterclockwise as I'm looking at my screen. Everybody do a quick intro. And yeah, then we'll talk some bad ideas. So Dinesh, you want to uh, remind everybody who you are, what you've done, and what bad idea meant to you. Bad idea meant to me? Yeah, uh, sure. I'm Dinesh Msani, one of the, the founders of Bad Idea, along with these fine gentlemen here. Uh, and uh, what did bad idea mean to me? It meant, uh, meant a lot of things, but, uh, but mostly it was fun. It was super, super fun. I had a blast. Cool. Warren? Uh, I am Warren Simons. I am also one of the founders of Bad Idea, along with uh, our crew here. And you know, Bad Idea, you know, it's it's hard to sum it up in 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 just a sense. To Jace, I mean, it was, you know, the moon, the earth, the star, the sun, the sky. <laughs> you know what I mean, my uh, your whole life. My, it was everything, bro. It was me. It was the creators. It was my friends. It was the colleagues. Now, now that's all ending and. I'm just stuck in this room with this dream catcher behind me trying to figure out what's next, brother. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, we'll have to, uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. I hear rumors, but, but first we'll let uh, Adam and Josh chime in. Adam, uh, introduce yourself. What did bad idea mean to you? Uh, my name is Adam Freeman, and um, I am merely a grunt. Boots <laughs> on the ground, if you will. Nonsense, lies. I uh, just I I just go where I'm pointed. They point at a wall, so you can get out of this when they come for us. <laughs> and you know, so as a result of having no real like uh, investment in this at all, for me, it's just a relief that it's over. Basically, I no longer have to spend as much time taking orders from these people. That's really what it comes. Tip to. of the spear, Adam. Tip That's of the spear. The invading point, bro. Leads with you, brother. That's fair. No one appreciates those tiny cogs, but if you don't have that tiny cog in the middle of the machine, the whole thing breaks down, right? That's exactly right. Thank you, Jace. Adam, you. Adam is so modest. I'm just going to tell one story about Adam. Adam had this great idea, uh, for bad idea, to not sell comic books to everybody and not to every store. And we were like, that's mean. And he convinced us all. You know, just just an example of how a small cog can have an outsized impact. Wow. So it was all Adam's fault. Okay. So if you're watching this on YouTube, everybody, when you throw stuff at the screen, Correct. Welcome, welcome, Adam. Aim for Adam. Yeah. All right, Josh. Yeah. Josh marketing. And I'm a, uh, I've worked with these guys for a long time. I've, I've disobeyed the first rule in interviews, never answer the question last. Because everyone else gets to get the, all the fucking jokes off. Whoever, whoever's last to answer the question. I know this lesson so well. I did not jump in in front of Adam like I should have. Um, so what did that idea mean to me? I, 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 my answer is close to Dinesh's. A lot of fun. Can we, can we rewrite the script and unlearn the lessons that everyone has to learn? The comics Bible, how you have to sell, how you have to market, how you have to editorial that has made this such a very um slothful bloated industry if we can unlearn those and try things differently could we be successful for exactly two years maybe well i'll give you i'll give you this one first then josh because you, you so valiantly fell on your you know not to be a pun there in, in, inadvertent uh but here's the thing like 
despite the fact that it's a crowded market, right? We, you know, to be serious for a second, it, it's kind of hard to, to really stand out on, on the shelf. You know, there's so many books out there and so many great books. Um, and you guys really put yourselves on the map by, by doing things differently. And I know not everybody agreed with everything you did, but the point was you got noticed. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I got to compliment you, first of all, for coming up with these uh, ideas. But I also got to know, like, were you just like sleep depriving yourself? Were you taking peyote? Like, how the hell did you come up with these incredible marketing ideas? Because, you know, I've been a comic fan for over 40 years and you guys really, you, you threw the book out the window and just went nuts. And, and I, you know, like you said, you, you have, everybody said, it looked like you guys were having a lot of fun and that came through even in the marketing. Yeah. Awesome, man. A team, you know, a team of, of marketers, basically. everyone on this call has different backgrounds, sales, I have an editorial background, Warren editorial, Dinesh film team. I mean, everyone has done the thing, but essentially we are all pretty decent marketers, which you have a company of people who are leaning towards saying yes to an idea as opposed to like no to an idea, you're going to be successful. And then we had a little bit of that at Valiant, I think like that, but I think we really mastered that here, how to lean in. Um, we just, if an idea sounded fun, if it sounded like it would not hurt ourselves or the brand or the consumer, we did it. And oftentimes successfully, you know, a lot of comics marketing is, is again, there's so many talented marketers in this industry handcuffed to the fact of, okay, we're going to have to get out a, 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 a single page preview and it's a silhouette of a character and he's blacked out and you don't really know who it is. Okay. Then now it's character X and here's your five page preview for FOC. And it's just a cycle that goes along. There's not a lot of innovation there because people are handcuffed because people are scared. We just weren't terrified by the prospect that our ideas might be good, that we might be able to release them in the marketplace and people would be receptive of something as dumb as clicking a button a billion times or, you know, or, or blindly mm -hmm. ordering these titles we believed uh, in the books. We believed in the marketing ideas. And as a unit, always lean towards saying, um, saying yes to an idea, not no. That makes us very unique in the marketplace. And I will say that all the marketing, I know that gets a lot of attention. It can only work if the editorial, if the books themselves are so rock solid. Otherwise, it's all just noise. The noise has to have substance. Our substance is our editorial. And then beyond that, I think we are talented as a unit in marketing. Yeah, let's let's talk about how great the books were because I, sometimes I feel like, you know, you got again, and you got to make noise to get noticed, and and you guys did, but I feel like sometimes that was talked about more and covered more than the actual substance of the books. These these were fantastic books and still are. You know, we still have some stuff coming out, Odin's Eye mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, so Warren, you can speak to that. You know, being kind of uh, in charge of editorial. Uh, I mean, this was just a, and is just a murderer's row of talent that you, that you had on the books. Uh, how gratifying is it to see the body of work that Bad Idea produced? Uh, it's it's super gratifying. Uh, I think one of the keys to success has uh, simply been, as, as Josh noted, while the whole team might come from different backgrounds and, and you know, have different uh, uh, areas of expertise, we're all also played, you know, huge roles in casting the books, building the covers, building the stories, you know, really working together so that uh, what did ultimately hit the shelf was uh, a product that we felt could, uh, stand neck and neck with the best in the industry, if not surpass it. So, you know, just looking at this beautiful cover montage you have behind you with La Fuente and Lewis and Polina and Tomas and Renato and, you know, not even getting into the story side of it. It's really wonderful to see, you know, just how, how beautiful all this stuff came together, the logo designs uh, and just, you know, the whole team really, uh, uh, it really is, 
you know, you, you remove any of us from this equation and it becomes a different kind of a thing. So it's nice to have worked with this crew for so long. Uh, I've known these guys pretty much since 2011 in one form or another. And, uh, you know, we'd love to talk to each other and yell at each other and, you know, work with each other. And, you know, I don't think we leave anything out in the wash by the time that it, by the time it hits the field, we've left every, by the time the game is over, we've left everything on the field. So I think it's really part and parcel for uh, the team that we have here. It's really a testament to all the guys and the freelancers. Talk about the genres also. That's one thing that we, we don't get to talk enough about. The fact that the, the industry is doing basically superhero books and, and like there's not a superhero book on that on that wall. Yeah, I mean, I think Josh summed it up, you know, really well with the marketing side of it, where we're by the same token, when we see, you know, we have a book that we gave away. We, we, I'm looking at Passive Aggressive and we put out a book, two books in one book. I mean, the ideas are just crazy here, let alone Sleigh Bells, where we're just going to tell a story about Santa Claus getting revenge on a town because a hunter accidentally shot his, his, his reindeer or ENIAC or, or Odin's Eye, which is a fantasy, or Monster Kill Squad, you know, we're, we just, every genre we're touching, there's, you know, we're, or Wellsville, which is a kid's book, or, or it could be a kid's book, or is, you know, a Pixar Miyazaki kind of a vibe. So, you know, I think there are probably four or five different genres that we've touched at least, you know, and we've only published, you know, eight or 10 or 15 series at this point. So it's wonderful to, uh, to just have as much fun as we're having. It's just flexibility through everything at the wall, not worry about uh, adhering to tried and true genres or anything like that, but just have some fun. At this point and, and forever. Yes. I do yes. want to push back though on something Dinesh just said. Superman is uh, Superman. Santa is obviously a superhero. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, we, it's a, there's, he's got the costume, he flies, he's a do-gooder. Is he born, is he born of guilt, Adam? What is, what is the guilt at the core of Superman, of, of Santa Claus? You know, I really thought we were going to dig into that in our Santa Claus story. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get there. But, you know, whatever. There's always a sequel. It's just fun. I like me well, and the like the resident, the resident Jews being like, he's a menace. He's not, <laughs> he's not a hero. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you say he's a hero? <laughs> so, you know what? So let's talk a little bit about sales. Let's, let's talk about dealing with, with retailers. And I know... Uh, you know, not everybody was happy with some of the, the rules you guys made, but at the end of the day, we I, were very happy. Well, yes. And I, and I spent a lot of time explaining to people, look, the, the idea is to get the book in as many hands as possible. That's why it's one per person. And it, you know, you can own the reason you can, can't get them digitally or you can't mail it is because we want to drive traffic to storage. You want to help retailers out, but then it seemed like retailers are the ones sometimes complaining the loudest about uh, about, about these rules but but here's the other part of it right like you guys got pushed back because of the pandemic and then perhaps and i again i'm just speculating the paper shortage certainly didn't help things out especially when you're a small still not you know retail uh, or, or publisher like you guys are so adam you you often were kind of boots on the ground talking to to the retailers overall how do you think they received bad idea do you think if you guys were to bounce back if maybe there's some truth to the rumors that it's not really over are you, are you happy with whoa 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 who's saying it's not really over uh, you know we'll get to that Laura. we'll get to that okay uh, just checking all right yeah i i i may have you take I'm, that not say, I'm not saying I, i'm not saying a little birdie told me but yeah we'll get we'll get to that but yeah adam uh talk a little bit about the the relationship you feel like you guys have built over uh, over this last year with retailers I feel like it's been some of the strongest relationship of any publisher I've ever worked with, including Valiant. I think that 
in many ways, what we did was set up a system where we can set up the retailers that want to work with us, that have seen what we're doing and value it, and uh, are, are interested in playing the game that we're interested in playing, right? What we did was we set up a system where they succeed, right? We gave them, we gave them a, a, a terms that are the best in the business. We gave them more marketing than anybody else is giving them. We gave them, uh, we gave them customers. We pushed customers into their doors um, and uh, on the phone and online and, and basically anywhere because bad idea customers are relentless. Like we, I mean, we gave them retailers. Time. More than anything, I mean, you gave them time. You did. I, that is true also, yes. Like we did our, we did our, I think we created, I think we created a model for how publishers should work with retailers. I think there should be a little bit of buy-in because you want people who are interested in what you're doing. And I think that there should be uh, a lot that is asked of the publisher, right? Because the, the, the retailers investing their time and space and, and staff energy and all of that, there should, be, there should be some give and take. I believe we went over and above. And I, and I know for certain that for every retailer that did go over and above for us, we became a huge part of their business. We've heard several of them say they have a big three now like that third big publisher of theirs because we did what we said we were going to do. Yeah. And, and we, Janice, you and I talked about er, early on when, when you first announced the rules, asking for a little bit of buy-in from, from the, the, the fan, from the reader, you know, yeah. uh, bringing yeah. a little bit of the collectability back. And, you know, that's the thing, what that bad idea and, and people that followed your work at Valiant and people that followed you over to bad idea that, they know the quality of the work. They know these creators. These creators are familiar names. They're big names in the industry. Yeah, uh, big names. And, and so it, it does require a little bit of extra work. It does require maybe you've got to get out there on Wednesday to your comic shop or pre-order it, you know, put it on your pool list or what have you, you know, the, the whole sticker uh, incentive for the final five. Um, I know you were at some shows recently in the last uh, last couple months here. We had some pretty big shows. We had Emerald City. We had C32. Mm -hmm. We had the yeah. San Diego uh, Comic-Con special edition. Uh, did you get a chance to, to talk to any fans like in person, uh, any bad idea fans? Like, how do you think overall they received it and how sad are they that it's ending? Yeah, no, we did. We did actually, Adam and I were both at, at Chicago and it was, we would, we were joking about it the last day, but you know, you always go to these shows and, and some people know you. it's a small industry. Some people know you, uh, and, and it, you get stopped. And if you've got a meeting, it'll leave an extra 15 minutes early to get there. Cause you run into somebody or some fan or something, but Chicago was crazy. It's hard to tell the impact we've had because we're in the pandemic and we're not seeing people like we used to at shows. But we couldn't, I mean, we couldn't go two, two feet without that. Everyone was, was, they recognized us. They wanted to talk to us. They wanted to talk about that idea. We knew from, from, I'm trying to think what I can say, the social discourse and the numbers, et cetera, that we're having an impact. And from what the retailers are telling us, uh, but we had no idea. It was, it was already so large. It was wonderful, actually. So does that lend any credence to these rumors that I'm hearing about you guys talking to big partners, other media, maybe it's not really over. You were fishing. You were very fishing. We, people were very, I'm going to answer your previous question. Ignore that one. Uh, people were sad, certainly, but, but to an extent, I don't think for whatever reason, no one believes we're going away. It's going to be hilarious come next month when uh, the last future to Odin's eye and Monster Kill Squad are out. And people are waiting for the solicitations and nothing comes. And then they wait the next month and nothing comes. And they're going to get very, very mad with us because I don't okay. think they think we're serious. Okay, that's fair. Well, let, let, let me ask Warren uh, about another rumor I've heard. Uh, the view and, is and, over. 
and no, no, <laughs> no. Now, now, what I've heard from some some pretty reliable sources, may, maybe people close to you personally, Warren, that if bad ideas is truly over, you're going to be out on street corners with uh, comics you've drawn yourself and crayon stapled together, yes. hand selling. Yeah. Is is there any truth to that room? This is true. It's mostly about a pigeon from World War II. I'm very excited <laughs> about it. I've been waiting 20 years for this. The moment is now. I use one gray crayon, so it works. It, it's beautiful. It's a little meta. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's been a good run. Look at that wallpaper. It's beautiful. Look at those covers. I'm excited. Spike the football. We went on on top. Good job, boys. Well, uh, I'm going to have to get on the phone with Comic Tom uh, after this chat is over and uh, tell him about this World War II pigeon comic, because I'm sure it'll be even more valuable than the hero trade. If there's actual truth to that, it'll be a, a one of a one of one. If so. I can con David Lobman into drawing it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's pivot back over to uh, to Josh. Um, you know, you talked about just any crazy idea, finding a way to make it work uh, in terms of of the marketing. Have you had a chance to hear from fans? I mean, again, some of it was like, wait, what do we we have to click this button a billion times? Like, wait, what? Uh, you know, personally, as a fan, as a reader, I, I loved it. Every time you guys came up with a crazy idea, I, I at first I was taken aback by it and thought, what the fuck are these guys thinking? But at the end of the day, it got people talking and I, I applaud you for your for your efforts. How do you feel uh, the the overall reception of these crazy ideas from fans has been? Think they bought in on it? Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't want I don't want to take sole credit for any piece of marketing every, the, every, every single marketing idea execution of it has flown all the way through our company, you know, gigantic shout out to Bobby, who's a, who's a massive part of executing that and recording the numbers and sending them back up to the top. Um, you know, uh, Anthony, you know, yeah. the whole, the whole team. So there's no, there's no, there's no, you know, just me as a conduit of marketing. How do I th- feel like it's been received? I, I felt like everything that we've done, uh, did what it was designed to do is to make noise that we have a larger footprint uh, in the comics industry than the amount of comics we produce suggests that we should. Uh, we want to be loud. We want to be different. Um, you know, I, I think, listen, we turned, like I guess earlier I said, we say yes to a lot of things. We also had to say no to a lot of things that we know would work, but would only work to the level that they could at um, Boom, Valiant, I, IDW, Top Cow, which is normal comic shit. Like, totally like, yes, this is the thing. This would, this would sell five more copies of comic books. We also had to look in the mirror and say, that's not the kind of company that we want to be. We want to be a company that's bold and different. And if that, at times, you know, uh, irks people, then how do we use that as well? And we have, you know, Bad Ideas Over, the three-part video series of the haters were, were, were right. These things did real numbers. They got real impressions. They got circulated around our industry. And they told a narrative about what our brand was um, uh, because we were bold enough to be like, okay, people are mad. Now let's pivot. Let's make that part of the marketing. Um, you can't just do that anywhere. It's, it's, it's our, our internal company culture is a huge part of why we're able to do what we're able to do. And we earned it. And, and Josh was it. Josh was the leading figure in making sure that we earned it. He kept saying that to us. Earn it and, and give them hope. Well, going back to something you said, Adam, about, you know, some retailers, you know, Bad Idea was their, their third, you know, biggest publisher. It, it was now the big three. Uh, you certainly earned it with, uh, with them. Um, in terms of getting retailers on board, was it just a matter of, hey, look at these creative teams, look, look at this kind of editorial lineup that uh, that Warren and, and Dinesh have put together. Um, 
did it make your job that that much easier? Everyone's involved in editorial, man. Everyone. Okay, everybody. Sorry. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, honestly, Except for Bobby. I... Fuck Bobby. <laughs> His ideas suck. Bobby. Um, I, I will say, if we're giving credit to to Warren and Dinesh, I would say that, that, that this that what they did was kind of give. They gave us a part of that secret sauce where they they created a place for us to come in and 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 be able to be creative without fear of falling on your face or the ability to like, you know, change the pivot when you did. Right. Um, and I think that, 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 that was a huge piece of it, but also I think for most retailers, it was about, I mean, it was about the work that everybody on, on this call has done before, right. That, that preceded us walking in the room and that was a huge part of it. Right. Um, I would say that there was a lot of it was just giving them the narrative, right. Those six rules that have been highly touted, like if you look at those six rules, all of those six rules go back to what is a what is a publishing company that is designed to put out one or two books that we are proud of every month, right? What does that look like? What is what is the company look like? Where how where is it located? Is or is it located anywhere? Right? How many you know? How is it sold through stores? How is it sold to the consumer? How are we communicating custom consumers? If we start with that premise and we build everything on top of it, I mean these these are people who have been in business for decades. They see it and they trust the the fact that we've created this sort of through line that says how do we begin with making great books and. And I would say that, like, you know, we still have, I mean, I, I am reticent. I'm not going to say that. Not, I mean, it's a large number of stores that are, are waiting on a waiting list to get in, right, to become destination stores. Like, and that's, and that says a lot about what we've, what we've built. I'm, I'm really proud of that fact that the stores that are in don't leave to make room for the, all of the stores that are waiting in line. Yeah, I mean, it was always a small team, right, Dinesh? But but here's the thing: if if there's no truth to those rumors that maybe it's not over, maybe it's a you guys need it. I don't know an, an infusion of of capital. Maybe you just need to expand your team because I know you guys have been killing yourselves. It is a small team at at Bad Idea and the pandemic, yeah. and the paper yeah. shortage. Uh, I mean these these stores on the waiting list, they're not going to have a chance unless it, there's any truth to those rumors. So once again, I'm gonna I'm gonna cast my line, fishing for any clues that. Uh, we, we bootstrapped it. We bootstrapped for sure. We, we would have loved more people. These stores are going to be waiting a long time. We, we, bad news over. If the, if the, I think Adam, you put it this way. If the world, if the comics industry needs us again someday, maybe we'll come back. But right now, I think we've done our job, right? We've shown them, a, as Josh says, a, a different way. A bad way, but a different what? way. <laughs> What if somebody, what, which is which is a pity because you've got all these. I mean, we talked about not doing superhero books. I think the best book that we put together is a book we're not going to get to publish. It's it's the save now, uh, the the kind of like the full story to save now. And uh, um, Ramon Villalobos is showing off great art on Twitter for the last year. Not going to get to publish that one either. David Lapham's got a full book he wrote and drew. Megalith. I mean, it's it's it is. There are some unfortunate components of that idea being over, but. Them to the breaks, right? It is yeah, what I mean, it is. As Fred Pierce would say, with with your Rolodex, Warren, I gotta imagine, uh, and, and seeing the quality, and you know, as a creator, and I, I talked to Joshua Dysart about this. He loved the fact that the book was the size that the book needed to be to tell the story that needed to be told. As a as a creator, removing those limits and really, I mean, 
you guys used to always say, you know, best idea wins story first over at Valiant, but you took that to the next level here. You know, if you need 28 pages, okay, you're going to get 28 pages. You must have had creators that that were looking forward to possibly doing bad idea work in the future, right? They're going to be heartbroken. You know, I'm going to have a lot of incoming calls coming in. You know, my book's not getting published. What are you talking about? You know, you said this was going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's going to be, my cell phone's going to blow up a little bit. I may just forward them right over to Adam or Josh. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure how I'm going to handle this yet. Just spitballing out loud. Just thinking it through. But, uh, Move them to the pigeon book. How do you feel about a pigeon, Dice? Yes. pigeon book? I think I'm going to pitch a third of Josh already once upon a time. But, um, uh, pigeon universe that's going to happen soon. It's just going to be all pigeons. It's the pigeon bird universe. shared universe. Bird shared universe. <laughs> Taking a slight piece out of weed three and just going from there, bro. You know, just, just take a tiny little chunk off and go from there. But uh, no, I think, uh, um, you know, listening to the guys talk, it's very nice to hear because I think sometimes people don't understand that uh, we spent a long time at Valiant trying to push that boulder up a hill. And a lot of the line, a lot of the things that we have imparted here uh, were because of the years and years and years that we spent there uh, learning many lessons. Uh, but most importantly, I think, uh, you know, we put a huge emphasis on the books and the talent and trying to make sure that we're building the best stories possible. And we also put a huge emphasis on our retail partners and trying to work with them uh, to make sure that they're, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're servicing all of their needs as well. And the marketing, so it's 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 a good combination, I think, of of uh, the whole team working in tandem, and and these are four of the hardest work, three of the hardest working people in comics. I mean, you know, Adam. Who did you cut out, Jace? Adam, <laughs> uh, I can't speak for J- Jace's schedule. I'm sure he probably out outdoes out all of us. Around. You know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, three of us, along with Anthony and Carl, I mean, we're we're you know we work very very hard all the time. So uh, hopefully it shows up in the product itself. But uh, I agree uh, with you, not Bobby. Fuck Bobby. Yeah, Bobby's uh, Bobby's fucking done, man. Once the shit's over, shit? I'm never talking to that kid again. Okay, just fucking <laughs> enough, enough. Well, this if is I basically just... why we had to go was to just—I mean, it was the only way to get rid of Bobby. Get rid of Bobby, so you could relaunch, rebrand, I... start as another company. And if you can, I just humbly suggest if you do decide to do the Pigeon Universe. Instead of bad idea, can you rebrand as Guano? I think that's a beautiful name for a publishing that's company. Bad. That's not bad. Guano, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a that's an evil burn, Jace. It's mean. I don't I you don't know, co I, I don't co sign on that. I, I I will not I will not die uh, with any sense of peace if I don't see this pigeon book come to life at some point. I have at least two of our creators right now ready to go, poised to jump. <laughs> but but it's done, bro. It's done. You know what I'm saying? We almost got there. Almost. We got, like, well, ENIAC. we got a pigeon to ENIAC. That was Matt. Uh, uh, you know, a little shout out, a little representing, letting people know that they're not just filthy rots with wings. I appreciate that, Matt Kent. I love you, brother. I love you. Job well done. Okay, the, the life cycle of a comic company is it goes like this. You go and you make your comics, you sell them. And once you're about to publish Warren's shitty pigeon story, <laughs> so last time, I mean, it was, I mean, it was like on the way to the printer, and then bam, DMG comes in. No, we're not publishing the story. We got so, it, dude. So, we got it. Secret, secret weapons. That was Eric, bro. You know what I'm saying? Every Nicky time, love birds, and Nikki love birds. Where, wherever we all go next, wherever we all, if, if Warren is the kiss of death, if Warren goes to like IDW or something like that, or Dark Horse next, whatever. Like the minute you see the solicitation for the pigeon. Story, that company, Done. Catch out. Done. Done. Good to know. 
<laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the individual books. Uh, Warren mentioned ENIAC. That was your launch book, kind of a, this crazy sci-fi story. Uh, and, and what I loved about it was what Matt did in taking real-world events and weaving them into the story and, uh, and making it work. And, and I thought that that was... <laughs> Love amazing amazing fantastic adam. background by uh by adam there yes adam stepping up adam stepping up when stepping up. the call, the bell was rung and adam answered dude step it up for sure uh so i'll ask you josh with ENIAC being your launch book uh and being such high quality and incredible art by doug braithwaite did that really set you guys off on on like a good starting point did you guys feel i mean with the launch that was incredible all the buzz like you guys must have been stoked when when ENIAC dropped. Um, I, let me. I'll I'll pass this question off because I uh, ENIAC was already well underway when I was I was privileged enough to join the company. I'll let you know that it was one of the first things I saw, and it was a reason it was a reason to sign on board. It was it's an exciting enough concept. It's not a comic. The elevator pitch for it was was unbelievable. I believe Dinesh might have even been in like London or Germany when he when he when he called me up and like, and hey, this is what it is. And and guess what? That second bomb was not on purpose. Like you know. It's, it was incredible. Um, so I'll let those, I'll let Dinesh and Warren talk to, you know, what is ENIAC, what did it mean for the company? Mm-hmm. But I will say what it meant for me is it was exciting enough to, for me to uh, uh, sign on board to get back into comics. You what should was, talk about the hero trade. That really was our, our launch. You were there for all of that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that thing sells for what, like five grand now? It's <laughs> crazy. It, yeah. The, uh, the, the, the hero trade, again, it's just, can, can you say yes? You have bosses that will allow you guys to even have these conversations. You know, what if what if we take a, a very valuable piece of the IP, a story that we all love, you know, a comic book that we all agree we think is uh, singularly great and our, our fans will connect to and basically put it under a, a different imprint and button up comics, attach it to a three month long, a summer long campaign in a search for a billion clicks that we do not know for sure that we're ever going to get to, <laughs> to, you know, to put it in a secret drop where people will misplace it or accidentally throw it away. You know, do we believe that our marketing and our messaging that we've earned the right to have that much fun that by doing all these crazy shit, it'll have a bigger impact than just being like, okay, it's Wednesday. The hero trade is out. Like, let's go, let's go get it. It'll have 15 minutes of, of discourse on Twitter. And then it's, you know, on to the next new comic book day. You know, it's it, the incredible amount of, um, confidence that we have in in our ideas and the exit that we will execute them to provide these incredible stories the best uh, position in the industry um is unparalleled among our peers and our colleagues yeah my my shop threw it away yep 100 percent went today yeah yeah they think oh those poor guys we had to be okay with that right we had to be okay that was a, a possibility that a story that we loved could get thrown away by a shop that shop could be mad the consumers of that shop would be mad but that we would make the hero trade this eight page story a thing that we're talking about how how long ago was the hero trade public we're talking about right here as the starter company the catalyst to make a successful two years was a decision we made all that long ago by knowing we're going to take some lumps on this one but so different and no one else would have the courage uh to do this uh we did it and it's successful and i believe it put I, that's a good segue for you guys to talk about more about the hero trade but also eniac you know because that i don't know that eniac does what eniac does without us being successful with a hero trade prior to it. Yeah. I mean, it totally works. The, the shops, uh, one of the co-owners, she's like, I, we get stuff like that constantly and I don't have room for it all. So we went in the trash. Uh, 
for credit it was designed exactly that way like yeah. you know we're yeah. we've all been doing this for so long that we knew how to build a package to be ignored yeah so yeah Fantastic. and i will tell you that as, as as somebody who has uh, been doing this for a long time, I think that there's also, I talked earlier about the culture that these guys have built and intentionally so. I can tell you, I mean, I don't know, I speak to Josh, but I can, for me, it, it, to have a place where you, you go, hey, we could do this crazy thing where we like shove it in and then nobody really notices or what does that magic trick really look like? And, and, and then to have, you know, them come to us and say, hey, what if we did that? What if we what if we did ship out a book that we had, you know, go through the expense of, you know, getting all the creative done, getting it printed, getting it shipped out. But like, we're not gonna make any money off of this thing. Like, there's a part of it is like when you're a kid and your parents are like, what do you think? I mean, like family vacation to like Disneyland? Like, what do you think? And you're like, sure, you're never gonna go for that. But yeah. I, I think one, one really important thing that Adam said there is that what also makes us totally different? Everyone in the company, total students of the entire game. Like, like I, I, everyone, you, everyone, everyone, all of our competitors, all of our colleagues would look at the fact this: retailers get shit in the mail all the time. They throw it all away. How do we? So we should stop sending things, stop sending leaf, leaflets, a preview thing, etc. Like that. We look at that as an opportunity. Okay, so they throw everything away. How do we build a program that they'll regret doing so? And that will have a through line through our entire publishing line because the hero trade, the real lesson is don't ignore anything. You might throw away a $500 comic book, but we, 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 because Adam, because Dinesh, because Warren know that here's a, here's part of publishing, a part that no one talks about the, the, the retailers, uh, the amount of, amount of mailing they take in, we saw only opportunity there. And I think that being bad idea and to do what we do, you have to have a complete understanding of, retailers, their core business, their challenges, the editorial process, it's, it's business, it's challenges, how marketing works, how social works. I mean, everyone here is not a student of their individual responsibilities in the company. They're a student of the comics game in general. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you guys all love comics. And, you know, last time I had Warren and Dinesh on, you're talking about the fact you guys did what you did, wanted to keep it small, a couple of books of, uh, a month, because you could keep the quality up. But mostly it was about being passionate about creating comics with people that you consider friends and you know that it's going to be the highest quality work because you're all having a great time doing it. Yeah. And, and it's wonderful to have Matt Kent and David Lobin build a really, really, really good story for us. Like just, just one of the things that, you know, I remember talking with Dinesh about this as it was leaving house and I'm like, man, I think this might be one of the best things we've ever done. Like, this is a really good story. Even just like the, the, the nuts and bolts of the story itself you know, to have someone else writing for David Lapham, which is very rare. David almost always writes for himself, but to have him on board to illustrate something, to have Matt just nail that script. I mean, the opening of that script is just, I love how Matt opened it. And then David, you know, the real beauty of, uh, uh, you know, he really put everything into that story, the backgrounds. You know, whenever you look at the Lapham comic, you always see that he's he's sort of a master because he's been trained by by the best that ever lived. So every panel has all these little details in the background. He always fleshes out the environment. He's never hacking it out. So we have this beautiful little package. Then we decide to just, uh, as Josh noted, send it out to the stores and the guys were cool with it. They were on board with it. So it was fun. It's, it's nice to see, certainly. Right. You know what people would love to do with this amazing comic book? Throw it in the trash. That was the bad <laughs> idea way. Yeah, hundred percent. But again, it it's not so surprising because you guys wanted to do something different and stand out in a, in a different way. And 
you know, some it led to you know, your, your unique way of, of marketing led to you guys getting credit. And you and I talked about this last time when, when you were on Dinesh, you and, and Warren getting credit for doing something that would nearly be impossible, which you talked about the retailers assuming that you guys were creating false scarcity, scarcity for ENIAC number one. And it was all about the fact you, you were holding a bunch back, waiting until, I, I don't know, some artificial level of, of price level of ENIAC number ones to hit. And then you were going to, I don't know, sell them on eBay. Like you've got time for that. Yeah, we, we got a lot, the whole team got a lot of credit and a lot of blame, <clears throat> which has been the, the kind of duality of that idea. And it's, and frankly, we enjoy it because we've been in it so long, right? We've got nothing to prove, right? We, we, we made Valiant a very successful company. It's hard to make an independent publisher a very successful company. It's even hard to do it with Valiant, right? That's almost the impossible task. So we feel like we've checked that box and now it's just about what can we do that's different? And uh, we don't mind having people tell us uh, that they think we're crazy, that we're, that we're coming back when we're not, or that we're, that we're going to sell a bunch of books when we don't have them. We, we, we've always kept uh, our word to the retailer and to the, to the fans. And so we're doing that here and we know people will not believe us and we're, we're making them uh, sorry that they didn't believe us to begin with. Yeah, again, it's just it's it's sad to see it end because you know any any act was was fantastic and and you know totally a complete story for Matt Kent and the second release Tankers was something so wildly different from Robert Venditti than anything he's done before. You know, he came on the show and and, and talked about that. Um, and who wants to talk about the the viral video for Tankers that that Rob got to do because that was absolutely fantastic. Josh, you worked closest on that. Oh, yeah. But again, it's credit to everyone. So someone has to improve it. But we usually operate off of you know, zero you know, marketing dollars. That's, that's like you have, to, you have to have that big footprint without spending any money. But something now and then an opportunity presents itself like, okay, maybe this is worth uh, this, you know, this, this cost. And um, the uh, uh, gigantic shout out to uh, Brockton. Yeah. Uh, incredibly close uh, with all of us. Um, as a true member of our company, a true friend of the company, um, he does those videos that you see. I mean, ranging from the button to tankers, um, the haters were right. Uh, everything with the rock, um, bad is over. All of these things. Brockton um, has been such a voice in, uh, in you know, in making and giving our branding the largest audience possible, which is through video. Um, so just gigantic, uh, uh, you know acknowledgement of his incredible efforts there, but also acknowledgement of Rob Venditti. Robert Venditti is a brilliant marketer. And this guy, this guy, again, somebody who I'm, I'm very close to them. I know we all are. We all love him because not, not just like us, a student of the game. Robert was at top shelf, packing boxes in a warehouse, helping, talking to retailers, hand delivering, hand selling. He, he is at the masterclass of the entire comic book industry. Um, so he knows how to market and sell a comic book as well as anybody does. Um, and he found this place, I believe in North Carolina, um, and that would let you go and fire these turrets and work this tank. I was like that, and he was like, you know, I think this guy's a comic book fan, I think we can go in there. And I was like, all right, let's get, you know, let's get a script together, let's talk with Brockton, um, and let's make it this, this happen. So they go out and film the thing, and it's, I mean, it's a masterpiece. I would say, I'd say like Spider-Man No Way Home, and then this, like, you know, <laughs> one of my favorite things that come out of comics. Um, but uh, but 100% credit goes to Robert Venditti um, because he's he is a he's a brilliant writer, but he's also a student of the game, and he's a very talented marketing and sales guy. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Adam, would you, would you not hire uh, Rob for any sales staff? You could. 
Oh, hell yeah. We, I mean, you know, we try occasionally, but he keeps <laughs> insisting that he is. He says he has some sort of career writing. I'm not real sure about it. I think he's really missing his calling. Yeah. 100%. You heard it, Rob. Uh, you got you got a, a backup gig if you need it. Uh, well, for me personally, uh, you know, I mean, all the books are great, but if I, I had to pick one and granted Odin's eye is not over yet, so maybe I'll change, but Walesville for me is the book that that just stands out. Um, and, and part of the reason for that is because the very first time I waited, even though I, you know, I got it, got my button, I waited and didn't read it for the first time until I got a chance to read it with my daughter who was nine years old. Oh, wow. Because it, it, I just, I wanted to experience it for the first time with her and she loved it. And we went, we went around quoting lines from it for a good week or two. Uh, you know, you got a roof for your roof roof. And it was just, it was fantastic. Uh, but I want to ask you, Warren, you, you check something off your bucket list in this, uh, in this book, you know, it's Walesville and rocks and minerals, Tony millionaire. Talk about that, uh, experience. Well, uh, I've loved Tony since, uh, uh, the late nineties when he was doing the, uh, uh, a weekly strip for the New York free press or New York press. I forget the name of it. And it's, uh, it was Mackey's. Uh, and I used to read this every week and, and uh, this is before I worked in comics and I'd bring it home and I just absolutely loved it. It was just the funniest thing, just like black comedy, super dark humor, uh, uh, lots of uh, jokes about alcoholism and, and piracy and, and things along those lines. Uh, and I've always wanted to work with Tony uh, and the opportunity never really presented itself. When Matt wrote Wellsville and we were casting it, uh, uh, you know, we really loved the story, all of us. We'd all discussed it. It was all about, uh, uh, we really thought there could be sort of a, uh, it felt like a little bit of a Pixar story, like a little bit of a Miyazaki story. Like there was just a broader kind of theme that worked for both parents and for kids. Uh, beautiful themes about life and, and life lessons and things along those lines. Uh, uh, so we, we, we knew with Walesville, we were able to get Adam. Uh, we felt that was really special. And Matt also had the story about rocks and minerals, which is very irreverent, a lot of fun about, uh, you know, we always have these post-apocalyptic stories about, you know, it's it's Mad Max and one after the other about life after the fall or something. And here we have little rocks and minerals that are sort of animated and trying to save an animal. And we knew that we needed to have someone who had a real beautiful uh, uh, artistic style to do it, but also would impart his personality or her personality into the work. And I think we found out with Tony and he really just knocked it out of the park, drew a beautiful little story. And it was, it was strange. You know, I've purchased a couple of them. Uh, I've given out a couple of his gifts. Uh, I really loved, uh, I love what he did here. And I felt like it was a really nice kind of package. And I think it's a little bit, it's very bad ideas that we take two of these stories that I think it kind of survive on their own or be interesting on their own, throw it into an oversized thing, making an all ages thing. Uh, uh, have something that we could read to our, our sons and daughters, things along those lines. So I really love this one as well. This was one of my favorite early releases that we did. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fantastic. And then when we get to sleigh bells, Adam, and uh, you know, certainly the time of year where we should be talking about sleigh bells uh, you want to talk about irreverent and for whatever reason, and, and, you know, maybe it's the obvious it's Santa with, with guns and, you know, deer hunting and whatever, such a Rambo vibe. Uh, you know, specifically the classic First Blood, uh, which I wouldn't necessarily associate with Santa. But, you know, you yourself said he's a superhero. Maybe uh, in this case, he's the Punisher. Ooh, good call. <laughs> right. Exactly. Maybe he's just that like post office employee who has finally had it. 
Like just finally just the, the, whatever odometer that's in his head that he can just only take so much went one past its, its expiration date. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're, I think you're onto something. I think uh, Santa, this has been coming for a long time for Santa. I'm really shocked that we're only just now hearing this story. Yeah, I mean, Rambo is actually, we should do a, we should do a, what's the second one called Rambo two? Where he, we should bring him out of retirement and send him to the South Pole to retrieve some elves. <laughs> but it's all the thing goes wrong. We should do, actually, we should do yeah, that. He hit, like, it's like Adam said, that counter and said he, de- he delivered his nine billionth toy and that was just it. Can't do it anymore, man. I had a roommate who was a, a postman and he just said, the mail keeps fucking coming, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> it doesn't never, stop, dude. It you never know? ends. Uh, and the last book of the first, uh, the first five, uh, as we'll call them, uh, The Lot, which Marguerite Bennett, fantastically talented, so goddamn creepy, had an aspect of, uh, you know, the film industry, old Hollywood, this old movie lot, uh, and that's where the name comes from, The Lot. Now, you yourself went to film school, Dinesh, and you, you have a little bit of a, a experience with Hollywood. Uh, did it make the story resonate even more for you? They, they all resonate that the um uh for me what was fun about this one is is the idea of a haunted lot is is something that um uh, i at the time i was spending a lot of time uh talking to people about because we were we were making a movie at sony and they have a a, a haunted office mm. and i would i would head over there and talk to the employees who were convinced it was haunted and just would nonchalant would talk about ghosts and, and things that they would see there which is the weirdest thing um and so it was it was super fun but just the high concept is is wonderful that this uh um, uh, director is uh, obsessed with with uh, authenticity, which you know you, you hear about that. They market mm-hmm. around that, uh, and he and he went too far in, in this uh, ritual, and they've shut it away, and they've uh, they've hidden it from from the public, which again is something you you associate with Hollywood. Um, and now the corporate interests are coming in, and and they're they've unwittingly released something. It's a it's a really really cool twist on a haunted house story uh, with the the kind of um, uh, thematic and conventions of of a Hollywood story. It's a really, really smart uh, uh, script from from Marguerite, and then Renato's art is—I mean, like nothing else on the stands. That was awesome. He's not—it's not what he usually does. Warren, I don't know. Warren, you, were you working with him on that style, or did, did you see something he did? Yeah, yeah. He—he uh, he was—he had just finished up a project at DC, uh, and he was working a little bit on a creator-owned book uh, that was completely different than anything he'd drawn before, or even what he drew for us in Valiant. Uh, he did a couple of bloodshot stories for us, I think, and, and some other work. But he just showed me these pages and they were just some of the most beautiful things that I'd seen. I was like, wow, these are just absolutely stunning, dude. You should be, you know, working in this style. And we were talking back and forth and we had the lot and, and asked him if he thought it would be interesting for him. And, you know, he gravitated for it. It was one of those uh, uh, nice moments of uh, uh, of uh, serendipity when a couple of things come together. And uh, we had the wonderful scripts from Marguerite. Uh, they're really interesting scripts. Maybe we'll publish them one day, but you see that she has almost an encyclopedic knowledge of, of uh, horror. Uh, it's really impressive. She'll, she'll cite like four or five films to describe the staging of a panel or a scene. And she might do that three or four times per script. And you're just like, wow, you know, you're, you're in the hands of someone who has like a real comprehensive understanding of, of the different fields of horror and different schools of horror. Uh, and then we, we discussed it with the team. We felt like it was a real good fit. Uh, but but to, but to echo Warren, I mean, she she puts so much work into this. The scripts are they're massive. They have notes on on covers and marketing and color. Hilariously, lots of color notes for a book that ultimately went end up being black and black white. And white. The yeah. art was so beautiful. Well, I think uh, I think Warren had told me previously that you guys originally thought about doing it color, but then when you saw the the Renato's work come in, you're like, no, you need to see 
<clears throat> this these lines. You need to see this rendering. Same with the hero trade. I think we have a colored, we have at least colored sample page in the hero trade, don't we, Warren? Yeah, I, I think we've done that quite a bit this year with uh, uh, with the Hank Howard stuff as well. Uh, shout yeah. out to Rob. Uh, I think Rob just sent me an eight-page uh, story. He's like, look, I wrote this. I don't know if you could use this. You know, it's just an a eight-page story about a pizza detective. We're like, all right, let's give it a read. And just absolutely brilliant work by Rob. Just, you know, I didn't know he had that comedic bone, you know? I mean, just just absolutely wonderful stuff. And he's done two or three of them. They've been some of my favorite things he's ever written. I, I'll text him quotes from it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, just just different random quotes uh, at random times, and we just laugh about it. Uh, so we've published a lot of black and white stuff, and I think with Renato's work, uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of really talented pencilers, uh, and it's really sometimes a challenge to to you look at the pencils and they're absolutely beautiful, and then you get color samples and they don't meet where you're hoping that they'll meet. Uh, we have brilliant colorists as well. Don't get me wrong, but I like that we've taken a chance and we've said, you know what, we don't need to. Uh, publish this in color. If we felt like it was right in black and white, we published it in black and white. And I'm beginning to see a little more of that now, and it's nice to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just to, to, to just brag on Tanesh and Warren for a second there, can you tell by everything everyone just said how much we love the artwork for this book, how much we love how this book looks, and we, we totally believed in it, right? They, oh, sorry, the train's passing by. <laughs> the, um, the, this book was not previewed. We made a marketing decision to, 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 to borrow from, the, the leg, from Alfred Hitchcock to what he used to do, like the, the first ever premiere of Psycho, where instead of previewing Psycho and showing clips from the movie, which could never uh, match up to the audience expectation of horror, he walked the set of Psycho and he said, "And this is the this is the room where something terrible will happen." And he teased a shower scene, and that that we had to take the book that we thought was one of the most beautiful things any of us had ever worked on, and we had the, and we were like, you know what, I, we think we can get a bigger response by not previewing this. Every other book shows about like 65% of the book that books on stands. If you go through and look through all the sites and you go to the previews mag, et cetera, like that, we showed nothing from the lot because we believed in it when it hit stands. I have to give you a tremendous amount of credit to Dinesh Warren. These are the kind of things we're talking about when we say that things that no one else did, no one else takes the book they think is the most beautiful book they worked on and withholds it from its own audience until on sale because they're afraid and we weren't. Well, here's another thing that nobody else has ever done. And I don't know, in, in a way, I hope nobody ever does again. You, you decide to put out a, a book, passive aggressive, and unbeknownst to fans and readers, depending on what state you're in, you get a different version of the book. And if you're a completist or you want the, the, to read the other ending or, or what have you, you got you to gotta go online, you got to turn in your sticker, you got to, you know, here we go again, Dinesh, with the making us jump through the hoops, but logistically man was how big of a challenge was that huge we tried to do that several times at valiant actually this is how big it was we had the original book of death number one was the exact same idea with the fast forward sequences being completely different rob even rob and actually wrote two versions of it we just it was too much work in terms of um uh the, the timing uh but matt matt was the one that brought it back up again he really wanted to do it and he'd written two versions of this it's just it was so fun it was so fun to watch fans early in the morning talk about the book jumping on online and talk about the book and be like, no 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 that didn't happen what are you talking about this happened instead <laughs> like, what are you talking about send pictures to each other and we're watching this whole thread happen it's awesome yeah. i will say that the, the my favorite part about bad idea is two things one that we let everyone know you just didn't notice it 
right? All of the emails, if you read all the emails and you pick through them, you go back and reread them. We let you know this was happening. We told so retailers people. to order twice as many copies as they normally would. Um, I will say that like everything that we do up to including this interview, there are things hidden that you want, unless you're picking through it, you won't see it, right? And I think that that's really the, the beauty of what we've done with Bad Idea is that we just basically said all of it is the story, all of it is the narrative. I think that's really fun. And I will tell you, like I just from a logistical standpoint, it was one of the hardest things we've ever done. Uh, and I'm shocked that it worked because <laughs> right up to the end, I wasn't certain it would. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I give you guys a lot of credit because, again, it, it was like, okay, the first five books are, you know, are out and, and you know, they've had their bad idea day and, and maybe the talk is starting to, to die down. It was the perfect time for you guys to get on the map again by doing something crazy. We try, we try and time it. It was, we wanted to kick off the next the final five with something special, but, but Adam's right. I actually had forgotten. Now that you're saying it, Adam, I'm remembering how difficult it was timing the book so oh, that gosh. both halves arrive all over the world at the same time that stores wouldn't know we couldn't do a UPC the same way we normally do. We couldn't do a solicitation the way we normally do. We couldn't do the information that we sent to them. We, I mean, like none of it, everything had to be brand new. Yeah. I mean, Adam divided the country in half, lined up to film it for it and made sure that it hit each store exactly at the same time. I mean, him and Anthony. That's right. Two fulfillment houses. We had to find a separate fulfillment for half of the book. Easy task by any means. Very impressive. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, well, then we get get to uh, a couple of the next books. So Pi Pirate Queen and uh, and Monster Kill Squad both have this, you know, I know the word cinematic gets tossed around a lot with, with comics these days, but they really do have this feel where they would translate so well to uh, another medium. Not, not to cast my line at you guys again, trying to, you know, reel in any clues, but I, if we I, had, I, Chase, just, just to save you the time, if we if we had uh, a bunch of film and TV stuff, like if there was stuff that was really far along with actors and directors and producers and studios, et cetera, we would never tell you. I'm just saying. And, and we have great relationships with the press that we wouldn't let it leak either. But I'm just saying with your background in, in, in film and, and television and, and production and these awesome property, I mean, to me, to me, these two are the ones that would translate. And I think, really speak to audiences i mean it, you can speak to that right i mean would you not if given the opportunity love to see pirate queen and monster kill squad on the big screen what do we think guys if the company wasn't ending that would be awesome that wouldn't be great uh, it's a shame it really yeah, is a shame I, I wouldn't be able to fit that into my schedule as it is now so yeah yeah josh has got a full dance card yeah well, if bad idea is ending, what, I mean, what are you what are you busy doing? Going to basketball games? Warren's actually coaching basketball. It's funny you should say that. I am coaching my son's basketball team. Uh, we're two and one. Uh, very proud of that. Uh, props to the comments. Go comments. Uh, but yeah, also, he's got the pigeon book. He's you know he's busy with that pigeon book. Uh, <laughs> basketball. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, hopefully the pandemic will end soon. I'll get back into the card room, start to run it a little bit, playing poker. You know what I mean? It's full card. Life is brief. We had a good run, boys. Touchdown. Nice job, fellas. Good work. Well, let, let, there's two other books that we haven't talking about specifically, so we probably should touch on those. So the the ref, uh, Refuse and Last Resort One Shot. Now here is uh, a book 
that's got a, a writer on one of the stories that seems like he's custom made for a bad idea. That being Mark Russell, this guy is brilliant satire humor. Like uh, as soon as you, Dinesh, as soon as you and Warren conceived of bad idea, he must've been somebody you thought right away would fit into the aesthetic of the irreverence of the company. So everyone in the company conceived a bad idea. Again, it really, really comes out of all of our shit experience with Ad Valley. So tell us about Mark Russell coming on board, Warren. What's that story? Let me give props quickly to uh, Adam Polina and Tamara Pomvalon for, and Peter Milligan, uh, who did put together, I, we kind of glazed over that a little bit, one of uh, my favorite books that we've done, which is Pirate Queen, uh, really one of the prettiest books that we've done. Uh, one of the wonderful endings. One, one of the ending, one of the wonderful things. Tell them about the ending, Dinesh. You want to spoil it, bro? I, I don't know, Jace. You do a no spoiler thing, right? At that ending, is, I just love that ending so much. Yeah. I mean, if you want to spoil, well, I'll put a spoiler warning, but I mean, I. Bro, I'm, let it, I'm, let it hit. Let I'm it anxiously let waiting. It the, yeah. Has it, it hasn't even come out, right? No. Has it come out? Oh, no. The last no, no, we definitely no. can't do it. No. I can't think I can't do it. It's the paper crisis. Here's what I'll give you. Here's what I'll give you. You will believe in a swashbuckling toddler. <laughs> what does that mean? What is that? It is range one. Well, um, let me, let me, let me just simple yes or no, Warren. Does the ending at all have uh, a guest appearance by a certain pigeon? No, it doesn't. <laughs> but, okay, but it okay. probably would have made the book better. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, look at you, Warren. You're like the Andrew Garfield of bad idea. No <laughs> pigeons. I don't know. I don't, do we trust you? I don't know. <laughs> but uh the uh uh pirate queen yeah it's one of my favorites peter peter's been doing some amazing work for us uh he's another one who's going to be super because he's got a couple of other things coming that are not going to come which are awesome uh and monster kill squad by christos uh uh it's been wonderful and tomas i mean those are two of our favorites agree with you there jace love those two books and mark we met where we meet we met i met mark at um we went down to comics pro uh, in, in, was that a comics pro? It was in port. Was it Portland guys? We were there. Yeah. Portland, comics pro. yeah, yeah. We, and we talked to him for a little bit about working on something. Mark's obviously, uh, an absolutely brilliant writer. Uh, he's done a ton of stuff, uh, really like very challenging stuff, like to take over that Hanna-Barbera stuff for DC mm -hmm. and really run it incredibly well. And then do crossovers with the DC characters and not just to have them be like disposable, like, we have six months in our, we have, we have a month in our publishing line. What about the Hanna-Barbera characters? And then just have it come and disappear and go, which anybody else that might've happened with. Mark really owned the space, owned these characters and made them almost can't miss books. Uh, and Venditti had introduced me to him years ago. He, he wrote a book about God or a handbook for God. I'm blanking on the name of it a little bit, but it was a, it was a top shelf book, I believe. Uh, so he's someone that we've been watching, uh, uh, that I've been watching for a while. We all love his stuff. Uh, and we pitched him on this idea for last resorts. And he came back with the idea of what would happen if the, uh, teleportation systems in Star Trek were owned by a hyper-capitalist. And that's basically the gist of the story. And then Polina drew it and it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, uh, with, with art by Ulysses Ariel. It's, it's really, uh, one of my favorite things that we've done with a beautiful, a story by Marguerite Savage, one of the most talented artists in the industry. Marguerite hasn't really done a long form project because we have like 40, 45 pages of her art uh, uh, in almost a silent story that Matt Kent wrote. Uh, so, so along with like Wellsville and Roxy Minerals and we're, we're putting out these big oversized books that are really strange 
uh, that are really wonderful, that are really poignant, I feel like the stories are. So uh, uh, again, that's a testament to the whole team and just our creative vision for the company and doing things that we want to do, which aren't necessarily something that would fit into a Fortune 500 company or a Fortune 100 company, but just having fun uh, uh, with comics. Yeah, I think, you know, we've, talk, we've talked about the diversity of the line and they're not really, other than perhaps Santa, to Adam's point, not really having superheroes. It, the, the diversity of the line certainly speaks to what is possible in sequential storytelling and in, in you know, comics specifically. But certainly when you look at the one-shots, they are so wildly different in tone and feel from Walesville to Sleigh Bells to, you know, uh, Refuse and Last Resort. Like they, there's something special and uh, it, it proves that you can tell great stories and it, it makes me question why bad idea is ending. This is all, it's not really ending, is it, Tanesh? This is all just tired, man. We're we're old now. Okay, I, that I would buy. That I would buy. Right. Tired. We ran its course. You know, we we don't want to overstay our welcome. We want to get on top. Well, you're how going much gray out. is in that beard of his, man? That's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look at this. Yeah, well, this one's is. from this one's some bad idea, right there. That's the bad idea one. He still had a full head of hair when I met him. That was yes. not so. Thanks for reminding me. Does it seem so? Hey, you were just catching up to me, man. We, but we didn't just publish those books, right? I mean, we had all those books, of course, and then there's Odin side, but there's also all the B sides, and those things are just as much work to to build from the ground up, even though they're eight pages. In fact, in some ways they're they're harder because you've got to compress everything. And we did, I don't know, fifty of those. Yeah, a lot of work on top of building an entirely new distribution system, on top of building an entirely new tone, on top of Adam being the Jerry Maguire of retail and and giving personal attention to every single store. Who's to say that you haven't missed anything? By the way, I think I think you're going you're going book by book here, and you, I appreciate your understanding of everything that you think that we've done. But what if, what if what if we're ending, but you guys still haven't totally caught on yet? Given given away a lot there, Josh. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm posing the question. It's a possibility, I suppose, uh, or it's a possibility that Odin's Eye will be so good and so masterful and such a big hit from. Dysart, who hasn't had a book on stands in years, that you'll be forced, like a band coming back to do an encore, to come back, rebrand as Guano, starting with the pigeon story, and uh, you know, give us uh, another round of, uh, of fantastic books. I don't think I threw out the name Pigeon anywhere while we were forming, where we we're kicking around ideas for the company name, because I knew the guys wouldn't go for it. You know what I'm saying? We had a couple of animals, but I don't think we went for. Uh, I didn't try to die on that hill, Jace. You know what I mean? You circled it, though. You 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 were poking at it. You circled it. Circled it like trash a panda in the sky. Trash panda. We did have trash panda. That was a close one. We almost got to trash panda. Pigeon, Pigeon Press is kind of nice. It's got a nice little indie 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 press there. Pigeon Press. Yeah, it's right. I think it's taken. I'm not 100% sure. Right? Like a nice woodcut pigeon for the logo. You know what I'm talking about? I think we could, I think we nail this. I think. I think you use the image that's behind you. You want to talk about blowing up the industry. <laughs> where do they, where do they, who makes these little helmets? That's what I'm looking at this thing. Like who, what's the factory during world war two that was like, okay, guys, we're doing the war. We got to make little helmets for these pigeons. You know what it looks like? It looks like you, you, you remember those little rubber things you had when you were a kid that where you like pushed on it and then you set it down. on. Oh the yeah. 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 Like, yeah. It does. That's what it looks like. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, but you wouldn't things. want that to pop on the pigeon's heads while it's flying because it would probably knock the pigeon out. And then you got friendly fire from pigeons going off behind your own lines. And all the way down, all the way down the rabbit hole in this one. Yeah. 
Definitely. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about one more thing before I let you guys go. It is definitely the holiday season. Uh, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to join me for uh, 12 days of the comic source. Uh, so tell me about a, a Christmas tradition or something that you just love about the holiday season. Uh, could be, you know, just to, uh, for you personally, when you were growing up with your family, family you have now, uh, we'll start with you, Josh. We, won't, we don't want you to have to go last. And end, and end with me, please. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> um holiday tradition um i'm jewish um we i don't I, we, we're not the biggest holiday family um i look forward to usually um an increased amount of time to catch up on comics and movies i i we don't have that much of it um or we would not if we were ending but the uh but i it's always time to get in uh uh, more, you know, view everything I may I might have missed throughout the year. Catch up on comments. Go, go, make sure that my pull lists are all cleared. Everything like that. I, I enjoy the downtime to, uh, you know, engage in the in the pop culture. And also, everyone's kind of available to talk about it. The discourse that we have in this, we how many text chains guys do we have going on? We see and read everything, talk about everything, and let that influence our work on every level. I enjoy that part time of the year for this reason. There's gonna be a lot of comment conversation about all the cool stuff that we saw this year, some of the stuff that we miss, what people need to catch up on. Um, and they fuel our creativity. I always come back feeling really refreshed in January only because I can consume so much media in December. Fantastic. What about you, Adam? You know what? Every year that we all get together and we talk to Jace and we, <laughs> we give him at least 14 different lies, but we also put in a germ of truth that he did not realize until months later on. We went and he goes, Oh, that is my favorite. Like that Easter surprise where he finally puts it together. My favorite. That's, that's awesome. All right. Good answer. Warren. <laughs> I'll go with the, uh, uh, just seeing family, uh, you know, being able to have the opportunity to, to cool off for a couple of, uh, couple of days here and there, uh, a week here and there, just recharge, you know, uh, publishing is a, uh, uh, still very labor intensive industry. The way that they did it a hundred years ago, is probably not all that dissimilar from how they do it now. So I know it's probably taxing for, uh, uh, everyone, especially at a super small company like us. So just having a couple of days to recharge, uh, catch up with the family, uh, uh read some comics, uh, watch some movies, things like that. I think that's probably, uh, uh, the best part and to say thank you to all the creators who came with us this year on this journey which is wonderful dude certainly fantastic and speaking of holiday movies so this year for the first time i'm going to share with my daughter the first and best christmas movie for the first time ever die seen. hard die hard yeah yes amazing that's a yep. great christmas tradition yep. cannot wait to watch that with her just waiting for my, she? she's 10 so does she know who bruce willis is I'm sure she'll recognize him. She's seen enough movies. Just waiting for Jaden to be in town also so we can you know, have That's the whole amazing. family under one roof and, and check it out. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll finish it up with you, Dinesh, holiday tradition. And uh, um, anything, well, any other announcements that you might want to make? Do we have announcements? Yeah. I don't know. Do you? Announcing the battle. I mean, that would, that would mean right? we have stuff going, right? Yeah, yeah. just saying. <laughs> Um, I mean, this, I mean, in terms of like a pseudo announcement, an announcement, but there's certainly things that, that we have done uh, that, that people have not yet picked up on, which will be fun over the next couple of years for people to be like, wait a minute, this thing, did you know? And then there'll, there'll be a whole, whole swath of stuff that they'll discover. Uh, Chris tradition, I agree with Josh. 
watching a lot of uh, shit and, and filling up that, that crepe tank is great. Uh, agree with Warren. Um, uh, seeing family, Adam lying to, to you, Jace, is fun. For me, I do a weird thing that everyone seems to hate uh, that's around me, and I love eating Christmas pudding, and you can only get it this time of year. And so actually this weekend, I went and I bought seven different types of Christmas puddings. Wow. So I'm going to get very fat and eat my Christmas puddings. That's the now, best thing. By pudding, is this like the British, like just overarching dessert thing? No, it's like, it's like, like the fruit, it's like the fruitcake thing. And sometimes they put brandy inside. And it's like oh, really hard. Gosh. And Got it's it. just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm with you. It's cranberries. Like, it's cobbler, awesome. for, cobbler for people like us, Adam. So it's, I mean, what is it, cobbler? It. Cobbler for people like us. Oh, These things say pudding on the packaging. I bought them in America and they say pudding on the package. You guys, I thought this is an American thing. No? Is it like, I mean, pudding. Yeah, is in it, America, pudding's like that kind of gelatinous, amorphous. Dairy has bananas in it. It's like you know, scoop it up and it's, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm like Googling it right now and it, it's pretty American. Pretty American. Here, how do I, how do I change my background? Choose virtual background. Yes, there you go. Get to show us the puddings. <laughs> I'm going to show you the pudding. Yeah. Add an image. Oh, here we go. Add an image. You guys ready for this? Yeah, we're I, mean, ready. I don't think you're ready. Okay. This is not. This is not. This is not that's a. Uh, that's a lava cake. That's, that's a lava cake. Lava cake. This is a Christmas pudding. I googled it. Yes. Pudding. This in, in yes, that's in, in England in the UK. That would be referred to as pudding. But if you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. Yes, they were talking about that. But here, that is a cake. Christmas pudding Wikipedia. Let's see what they oh, can say here. You're yeah. more than welcome to call it pudding. I knew what you meant. Uh, we, call, we would have gotten it has, it has its done. origins in medieval America. That's what it says. Don't don't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take your word for it. That's yet my one, favorite. My favorite one, part one. of history is medieval America. Love medieval America. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's com- completely, completely unrelated. Does anyone know how to edit Wikipedia? How, what do you, how do you edit Wikipedia? <laughs> You have to be a uh, approved user to edit. Merlin on F one fifty, like going into Nebraska. I love it. It's <laughs> a great beat. We should do that as a B side. Medieval it. America. You should. Medieval well, America. that that would mean you'd have to bring bad idea about our pigeon press. We still got a couple couple books left. That's true. That's true. We gotta move fast. Yeah. All right. Pull out the old B side. Commission an artist. Get it written. Yeah. <laughs> Order number two on sale tomorrow. There you go. Segway. When does this come out? Uh, it would be today in terms of when this is coming out. So this is coming out on Wednesday, Wednesday, December twenty second. If you're uh, if you're listening to us, everybody, we're recording nice, this on the twenty first. Go to the store, get Odin's Eye number two. It's awesome. Yes, it is awesome. If you've pre-ordered it, right? Yes, if you pre-ordered. You Again, can... going back to that paper shortage, which, yeah. We're all struggling with. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, you guys will appreciate this because nobody in my household did, but my sister sent me a, a text message the other day. My niece had gotten her picture in the paper for something that she'd done. Oh, but nice. She sends me that my sister sends me the picture and she says, Ivy made the paper. Ivy made the paper. I said, oh, she made the paper. That's fantastic. Like that is such a long, arduous process. Is it like, instead of a lemonade stand, it's going to be a paper stand because of the paper shortage can make all this money. And I did not get one laugh 
from anybody. They thought it was a terrible, and I thought it was brilliant. This crowd doesn't know anything about humor. I'll tell you right now. This, this, this is a, I'm throwing out winners all day long, and these guys. You actually revealed what is next for bad ideas. We recognize that it's time for us to really embrace our true destiny of, of underground uh, paper black market like sales. That's that's what our plan is. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out it's much more profitable to sell the paper before you put anything fucking on it. <laughs> if we had known that, we wouldn't have done too. Like, I don't want to put Warren out of a job, but it turns out the paper is valuable. We bought a few tree mills. We're, we're, we're pivoting. It's called the pivot. This is the bad idea pivot. Hey, man. <laughs> I can see that. Trees, birds, the whole, you know, nature thing. Okay. Dude, okay. circle of life, baby. That's us. Pigeons live in the trees. Well, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be the first time you guys went looking to recycle stuff because I seem to remember a certain uh, Quantum and Woody issue where you yes. went and found foil that was 20 years old. We should have found old paper. That's what we should have done. What a misopportunity. Have you ever seen the video of, uh, of us uh, the first time actually going there and getting that foil? Yep. It's yep. A, it's, I, I'll, I have more footage. I'll send it to you sometime. It was... Uh, me, Fred, Dinesh, and Montreal for the first time, and it was the most inspiring day of my entire life. It's, it truly, it was like the Wonka factory for, like, 90s nerd shit. It was, it was really wild. Yeah, I think you could find the video on, I want to say on YouTube. I uh, well, yeah, no, I saw it recently. I saw it recently and, and, and sent Dinesh a resentment that they didn't invite me to go along. I still, to this day. So irritated that he didn't invite on that trip. But there was only so much poutine to go around, Adam. Yeah, that you know, there's another country where you can get pudding. That's really cake. I'm just such haters. I'm just. By saying. the way, I called Lewis Warren, and and he sent this in Medieval America. Here we go. Nice, I like it. <laughs> I like it. He's fast. I don't know if you know that about him, Jake. Lewis is very fast. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard he's fast when he wants to be, and slow when he wants to be. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. All of this last night, framed it too. <laughs> <laughs> and the mid frame, yeah. amazing. Let's like over a five minute break between dinner and dessert. Uh, all right, guys, <laughs> it was fantastic catching up. Uh, again, congratulations! I think bad idea. The, these books, even though this is all the content we get from bad idea, it will be uh, a moment in time that that goes down as as high quality. Can't wait for the end of Odin's Eye. Can't wait for the end of uh, Pirate Queen, Monster Kill Squad. Uh, and yeah, no matter what happens, I mean, in all seriousness, uh, if there's no truth to the rumors, nothing else is going to happen. Uh, I think you can all be very proud of, uh, of what you've created. Thanks, man. Thank you very of much. Course, and thanks for all the support. It sucks that this video is only going to be seen by the people that pre-ordered it because the bandwidth is limited, you know, bandwidth yeah. crisis. Yeah. But they'll, yeah. they'll make so, it. Yeah. But, so, you know, I mean... If you if you're seeing this, obviously you have a sticker, and I think that the now is the time to look underneath the sticker. You did remove the sticker from the paper, right? You did see what's printed underneath it. He never stops, does he? Never stops. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, well, to you few listeners and uh, YouTube subscribers who got to see this, I thank you for your support. Tell all your friends that they should have uh, subscribed on YouTube as well, or on their favorite podcast platform or app and then they could uh possibly see this again if i ever re-release it so uh in all seriousness everybody happy holidays merry christmas 
happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Hope it's a joyous time for you and your family. We appreciate the support throughout the year uh, and from all the previous years. And we will talk to you next time. I. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.